Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. What's up, enterprisers? Welcome to another episode of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we shape the mindset of the high achiever to think like an entrepreneur. We talk with masters of the craft to get the cheat codes to success, helping elite enterprisers level up and maximize their brand. I'm your host, LZ, the mayor. Now let's get to it. All right, Adam, can I get an oh yeah? Oh yeah. Nice. First of all, thank you so much for taking some time out to share with us. Um, on here on the Enterprise Now podcast, we like to get right to the point. So um, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your business and what you do? Yeah, uh, we are what we would consider an outsource management company in the health club industry. So uh, we specialize in personal training. Uh, so if you're a gym owner um, and you have a headache of a personal training department or you just don't want to be messed around with it anymore, we'll come in, we'll contract with you to provide our services to all your members. And in return, you get a nice uh, rent check from us every month and uh, a great service for your for your members. So we handle everything. So all the payroll, all the revenue, anything that has to do, all the liability, all the insurance, everything runs through our company for the personal training department. So it's a great win-win, and we've been doing that since uh, 2013 now. Got it. That's a perfect segue to my next question. Um, so there are different areas in business, and we talked a little bit before um, in, in the green room um, about business and the four different areas of business. So if you had to say, out of sales, marketing, operations, finance, which is your favorite area of business? Uh, definitely the operation side of it. I think uh, the, the you know being a basically essentially a personnel company, you know, we're, we run on people, you know, we have personal trainers, it's a personal sales service. So, you know, selling is one of my favorite things, teaching people in my business and my employees, how to sell, how to, how to go ahead and help people and create solutions for the customer. Uh, and then the other side of that would also be creating a company culture that is welcoming to the employees. That's a positive for our gym partners when we go into their gym making sure that we bring a good uh, company culture that's, uh, you know, doesn't upset the uh, upset anything in the gym for the members or for the employees. So I think those are the two that I really, really, really love talking about, but also really love mentoring and showing uh, anybody that works with my company, you know, how to improve those things. So what nugget can you give us from operations? I know there are many, but what's one thing that you've learned over the years that if you knew when you started, you'd be further ahead? Yeah, I think the most important thing is just how to how to delegate. So, you know, you don't get to operating in five different states like we do at this time by not being able to delegate and trust and hire individuals that you you can you can let make decisions that empower them to make the decisions. Uh, if you're a micromanager as a as a uh, owner of a company, you're probably going to stunt the growth. So if you want to grow and scale your company, you got to learn to let go a little bit. And I just try to, it's a, like a 70% rule. 
nobody's going to care a hundred percent like I do about my business. It's my money. It's my risk. It's, it's my reputation on the line, right? So I'm going to outwork anybody and everybody to make a, a success. In order to grow it, I just try to make sure I find leaders and other employees that we can hire that care 70% or can do 70% of the job as well as I do. Uh, and by doing that, uh, we've been able to make some growth happen. So I think that's important for uh, for that aspect of the business. So let's let's dig a little bit deeper there. So you're you're saying delegate, and I hear you, but it's not that simple, right? I can't just say, hey, person over here, go do this thing. There's some other things that you have to have in place in order for that to be effective, right? Yeah, for sure. So uh, you do... You do have to set a process. You know that's a that's that's a that's a big mistake. I think a lot of owners do is that you know take the take the classic restaurant tour, right? They have that one awesome restaurant. They're awesome. You're like, man, they, they should franchise this or take this. Have multiple locations, and then they take that restaurant concept to another place, and it goes bankrupt over there, and it falls apart because they don't have processes in place, or they're a micromanager, and they don't trust people to do things. So, I think if you're going to grow and you want to have a business where you pretty much can step away whenever you want to for weeks or months at a time and the, and the company still runs the same, then you have to have processes in place, checks and balances, um, you know, decisions, you know, let, let each, each uh, layer of, of uh, your company understand, hey, you're allowed to make this decision without me and I trust you to make it. Uh, I think that's always important for, for making sure that people delegate, have, and also give them a little bit of uh, room for an error. Understand that when you, as you're growing and you give somebody responsibility to make some decisions, guess what? They're going to make a mistake. It might cost you some money. It might cost you as an employee. I don't know what it is, but that's, but you can't be like, wow, you suck. <laughs> you should not have made that mistake. No, ultimately, as the leader, it's your responsibility to guide the people and make sure they understand and are uh, uh, knowledgeable on how, how you want them to make decisions. And it's okay to make a mistake. As long as it doesn't cost you, you know, basically shutting down your company, that type of thing. So give some, uh, like a, a bowling analogy, put the bumpers in the lane for everybody to follow, right? So if they do hit and go towards the gutter, you can bounce them back without really uh, hurting their ego or uh, hurting themselves, right? Yeah, I think there's a lot of um, lot to be said about patience as well, right? Because um, I know for me, if one of my folks, <clears throat> excuse me make a mistake or they ask a question that I feel they shouldn't have asked because they should know. I I'm very introspective. I, the first place I start is, okay, did I set them up for success? Did I train them? Did they know where to go to find, find this information? So I think part of it is, is as, as the, the, the leader really understanding, all right, are, are you preparing your people, uh, you know, in, in addition to your, um, your process, are you training them um, and, and setting them up for a success? Absolutely. I think it's super important to show instead of just tell. And um, if I, you know, I've done it. If I wanted an employee to understand how to clean the bathroom, I went in and said, here's how you scrub the uh, poop off the toilet. This is how you do it. (laughs) Right. You got to show them um, uh, exactly how you want things done. Now, if if it's somebody and you have to show multiple times, then they're probably not the right person for that position. But uh, you should be able to show them once, maybe twice at the most, and they should be able to run with uh, how you like to do things and uh, understand that. Uh, obviously, like you just said, if you get somebody that comes back constantly like, hey, I forgot that, I forgot that, I forgot that, that's not the right person for your for that position or for your company. So, uh, yeah, you got to have patience. You got to show people how you want things done. 
Uh, you got to inspect what you expect is an old saying as well. And just follow up on how they're doing things and, uh, and positive reinforcement. Uh, and, you know, when they do something right, let them know. I think that's a, as a leader, that's, we're always quick to point out that's wrong. That's wrong. Do it this way versus, Hey, that's a great job. You did a great job and reinforce the positive things that they're doing right. And just touch up on the things that they're doing negatively, but in a positive way. Now, one thing that, that when I was, um, I, I had a coach once and the one thing that he drilled into my head was the number one job of any entrepreneur was to sell. How important is sales? And even if you're in an organization, right, you're an entrepreneur, talk about sales and give us some keys to success in terms of selling, whether it's a project or whether it's a company. Yeah, I think, you know, sales is, to me, sales gave me freedom uh, before I even started my own company. It allowed me that I could, I learned how to, I learned a skill of selling. And so therefore, I, I felt like I always had job security as I found my way, you know, eventually to starting my company. So if this job didn't work out, I could go find another sales job, that sales job. You know, so I think selling, everybody needs to learn how to do some sort of sales. I think it's just a good skill set to have. However, you don't need to be a salesperson to be a successful entrepreneur. Uh, there's basically two things. If you can sell, you can probably have a good business. Or if you can create or build something that people want, you can create a business. So for those out there that are a creator, an inventor, a builder of some sort, what you need to do is if you have a great product uh, or idea, then but you're not very comfortable selling, you need to go hire somebody or bring in somebody that's a partner, make them a partner of your business that will do the selling for you. So uh, I think uh, just maybe a quick tip on that is find out and understand what your strengths and weaknesses are as a uh, entrepreneur, and then find other people that will that you can bring in that will cover up for those uh, soft areas. So for example, I'm very strong at selling, very strong at marketing, uh, numbers, tedious stuff. I try to bring somebody in to handle that stuff for me because I don't want to have to be bogged down with that. Um, I want to do the big vision things and the sales parts of, uh, of everything. Got it. Um, now, one, one thing that, um, that I know is that you've done some things right, but you've also done some things that were wrong. Um, and this next segment, what is the stupidest thing you've done? So what were some of the things that you did that you wish you could take back? Uh, we'll, we'll keep this on the business side of things, I suppose. There we go. Don't uh, embarrass my personal life too much. Uh, just, I think, knowing when to grow, right? Knowing when to take that risk. Um, and so uh, we took on a uh, account that I thought was going to be a pretty good one. I didn't quite do all the numbers. I, I got a little, I uh, was younger in my first couple of years of my company. And I just thought, well, I'm good at what I do. I'm just going to go ahead and take the account to grow the to grow my company for the growth sake. And uh, ended up losing, I don't know, close to $100,000 over a 10-month period uh, before we kind of figured out with that company, uh, that, that, that gym company. Uh, gym organization that they weren't very good or their numbers weren't as good on their side of the business that we needed them to be. And so that was a very big mistake. I had to swallow my pride. I had to take a a loss in the bank account, so to speak, as well. And just understand that, you know, that was a big mistake. And now we're more methodical on how and who we partner up with as as a company and making sure that we just do a little bit more due diligence. So that was a a pretty good uh, F up at the time. So uh, it was a costly one. Without that mistake, I don't think we'd be where we're at now because 
I learned my lesson on that, how to be a little smarter and do my due diligence better. You mentioned numbers. You didn't spend enough time looking at the numbers. If you, um, as much as you can share, what what do you mean by that? What what type of numbers should you have been looking at that you didn't that caused it to be a, a bad deal? Yeah, so it was just a promise of you know getting dozens upon dozens of gyms that we could work with with this uh, with this gym uh, gym partner, and so it was more of the idea of hey, I'm going to grow fast, and you know, everybody would take care of itself before. Uh, uh, in, the, in our business, a lot of our business is about how many members are at the gym already and how many members do they get to sign up as a gym owner? How many come into the gym? Because that's fresh customer, you know, potential for us as a, uh, as a, as a, uh, you know, personal training company. And so those numbers, either I glossed over them and thought we could overcome the weaker membership sales. Um, and we couldn't, once we got in there, we realized that the gym uh, owner was not a, not a very good operator. They didn't bring in a lot of the members that we needed, that type of thing. So uh, like I said, we we jumped, I jumped a little bit too far ahead thinking that we could overcome some of those deficiencies just for the sake of growth. Not a good thing. Don't grow too fast. That's always my example. Uh, be very cautious on how you grow and don't be arrogant or too cocky about, oh, I'm so good that I can overcome those obstacles for growth's sake. Now, without giving away the secret sauce, what are some things that you you are considering when you're thinking about pricing? Yeah, so we actually just raised our prices on our personal training uh, sessions for the first time since basically my company, you know, since 2013. Um, so one is, yeah, the economic factors that go into it, uh, but we uh, increased the session price by about 15% across the board. Uh, generally, we're about $35 a session. We bumped that up to $40 a session uh, just recently. And uh, I just think that, a small price difference like that's not going to make a big deal. If it was larger, yeah, then it's my salespeople are going to kind of question. I don't know if I, you know, maybe where's the value to that? They have to, they have to under appreciate and realize that Mrs. Jones across the table can afford that price increase, right? Um, so, yeah, you got to be careful on pricing. Um, I believe you can always raise prices, um, but you just have to do it methodically and smartly. And uh, do it for the right reasons. The main reason we increased <clears throat> our session pay—I mean, our session rates—by fifteen percent was so I could take that and pay my employees almost another fifteen percent raise. So really, it wasn't for my bottom line; it was for us to reward our trainers and, and employees that have been with us a long time, but also increase our pay plan so we can attract better trainers. And because it is a competitive employee market right now, uh, people have a lot more choices uh, with 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 how many job openings there are. So, uh, you know, that was the main reason I didn't, I think when people increase prices just for their own greed, you get, it's going to backfire at some point. I did it to reward my employees and attract more employees in the future. One of the, the things that I, I did that I, I honestly pat myself on the back for is when I was in corporate, I escaped, I jumped too soon and ended up having to come back in and lick my wounds. Uh, but the second time around, what I did is I, I changed my perspective. I started to study the organization from the top to the bottom. I started to look at sales. I started to look at how we were selling, who we were selling to, the process, all the way down to executing and delivering the thing. Um, And I'm sure you have that similar experience where you're looking at the business as if you were the, the owner and that has shaped and added to your ability to run your company now. Um, what are some of the keys that you've taken away from, from that, that mindset? Yeah. Uh, to me, I think company culture 
should lead everything. It should trump everything. Uh, before I started my company, I worked in the gym industry for other companies that do what's similar to what I do and for gym, gym franchises and corporations. And it was all about what you can do for your boss at the time. How much money can you make your boss uh, at the expense of the customer, at the expense of uh, employees, burn and turn mentality, everybody's replaceable. And it turned me into somebody what I, you know, I, I readily admit it to anybody and everybody that we're recovering a hole of the boss. There we go. And uh, I'm not one of those naturally in my private life. I'm a naturally easygoing, kind of happy-go-lucky guy. But when it came to work and business, I was like, I'm out for myself. i got to get that promotion. And when I started my company, I realized, no, company culture is important. Don't be a jerk of a boss. It's not how many people are working for you. It's actually how many people you're working for as you get higher in a company. That was a perspective that really changed my mind was my employees don't work for me. I work for them. I need to take care of them. I need to do everything I can to better their position, to better their skills and give them the best chance of success. They've taken a chance to work for my company. Um, if they do leave, it's probably not going to hurt my company at all, but it hurts them. And so it's sort of like just take responsibility, but company, the comp, the culture starts from the top down. And, uh, and we, and so I've learned that that's probably the most important lesson I've learned. Um, I'm building a company and uh, just being a good person overall. It's just be nice. Don't be a jerk. And, uh, you know, people, you know, tend to be happy working with someone like that. Right. Yes. What is one thing that people can implement today to grow their business or to level up in their career? Find out what skills you need to have to make you irreplaceable. Uh, and, you know, so, so that's the thing is, for example, we, I had to terminate somebody just recently. It's, it's, it's not an easy decision. However, that person did not make themselves inexpensive to us or uh, irreplaceable to us. And, you know, my thing is we're always on constant recruitment mode. I just believe that you have to constantly be recruiting. You never know who's going to you know want to leave your company for whatever reason. And you just got to be always in. And if you can find somebody to replace somebody that's better and upgrade, you got to take advantage of it. It's a competitive world. Uh, however, this person did not make themselves irreplaceable. So they didn't recognize over a couple of month period, we're trying to improve their skill. And they said, hey, you need to be better at sales. That's what your position is. We need to improve your sales. And they weren't able to do that. So I think to position yourself in this you know, economic time and the way we do things for any industry, find out a skill that you can do or need to do to make yourself more, more valuable to your employer. That's, that's a big thing. And then also just don't be a jerk. Simple. You know, nobody wants to have a jerk working for him or be a uh, working for a jerk. There we go. <laughs> Got it. So if people want to reach out to you, learn more about your business and what you do, how can they do that? Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's whether they want to do business with me or if they're in another industry and they just want to say, Hey, you know, I, I like what you said. I'm going to talk, you know, let's, what, what do you do for your company culture? We just want to you know, exchange ideas. I'm open for it. It's fun for me to do that. So, um, you know, you can look at my uh, social media. Instagram is at, Adam Arnett Fitness, uh, LinkedIn, same thing, at Adam Arnett Fitness, and Facebook, I've got one of those, uh, or reach out to me at uh, Adam at uh, my email, which is uh, elementfmg, element right there, fmg.com, check out our website as well, but uh, yeah, reach out. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Adam. Thank you. If you got value from today's show, we want you to join the Enterprises Elite email list for more nuggets and resources. 
And remember, no excuses, just execution. Go get it. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.